Then he raised his right fist, swung it to his left shoulder, and drove it down into Michael's face, a terrible slicing backhand arc that knocked him from his chair to the floor. He was helpless to save himself. His muscles were under Oriel's will, even if his mind was still free. His mind was the only part of him Oriel wanted. He delivered a kick to his prisoner's gut. Michael took it in silence, trying to curl up against his invisible bonds. Oriel aimed the next blow at his testicles. The next and the next, and finally Michael wrenched over onto his stomach, loosing a harsh cry of pain. It was enough. Oriel fell back, breathing hard. He ran his hands over his hair, collecting himself. After a moment, he was ice again, his passion spent. He looked into the shadows that danced in the eastern quarter of his makeshift church. He smoothed the front of his cassock. Angel, he said quietly, come here. The figure that detached itself from the uneasy light would have been striking anywhere. In Oriel's underground kingdom, where no daylight came, he was like a morning breeze. His grace colluded with his fine, proud build to make a music of his motions. His fair hair framed a face of easy perfection. His sweet smile kindled in eyes of summer sky blue. He looked ordinary, if ordinary could be the absolute daily bread goodness of the world. He looked like someone's well-loved son. He crouched beside Michael. The prisoner had vomited from the pain and the blows to his gut. Carefully, Angel raised him out of the mess. He drew him into his lap. He produced a spotless white handkerchief with the gesture of unfolding a wing and cleaned his mouth with tender care. Poor Michele, he said. Then he looked up at Oriel and smiled. You want me to break him for you? Oriel nodded. The physical conditioning is there, but I can't reach inside him. And I need him, Angel. Can I do as I wish with him? Oh, I understand your type of genius needs free reign. Oriel crouched too, tipping his head thoughtfully. Michael was fighting for consciousness, but Angel's embrace could soothe away a world of pain. If you succeed, he is yours once he has done his work for us. Would you like that? Angel gave him a look of melting pleasure. I'd love it, Lucas. I've been watching this one. I almost hoped you'd fail, that you'd need me. He is so strong. The other MI5 men snapped like brittle twigs. Well, he is one of us, in a way. His mother was a Zemel refugee who fled to England before he was born. It's part of why he was chosen for this mission. His knowledge of our language and our ways. Oriel paused, considering. Yes, his mother. You might use that. I will. Angel leaned over the struggling man in his arms. They've been keeping you awake. Haven't they? He whispered, cradling him. It's all right now, Michele. You can sleep a little now.
Oriel sat back on his heels. You're a ruthless bastard, aren't you, Angel? He waited until the cornflower eyes came up to meet his, full of their own soft light. Then he nodded in satisfaction. Yes, my left-hand man. Michael ran through the forest. He couldn't remember beginning to, but now that he was out here, he found it hard to care. The night air was sweet in his lungs. Rain drifted down in sheets, silvered by a cloud-hidden moon. Angel was running ahead of him. His skin was smudged by charcoal, and he had a black wool hat pulled down over shining hair that would otherwise capture the moonlight and glow like a beacon. He and Michael were wearing night camouflage fatigues. They were nearly there. Where? Michael tried to give it thought. They'd been on the run for about an hour now, he reckoned.